0: I want you to turn with me to 517, 517. hope. Number uh, 452, 452. Might as well stand with a verse that starts, I stand amazed. Amen. Amen. how wonderful. It's a meditation. Amen. Brother Mike, would you ask the Lord's blessing on on the services tonight? Amen. Please do be seated. Um, Just a couple of announcements. Uh, Please do put it down. We will be having a fellowship Sunday on October 29th. I kind of thought it would be fun to have a chili cook-off. And uh, those of you who like it hot, uh, I'll ask Mindy to make one batch hot. And uh, all the mediums out there. And then uh, we had quite a few hands for mild chili. So if you're a mild chili eater, bring a pot. Okay, and uh, so anyhow, I'm looking forward to that, so pray it'll be a good time of fellowship. And then, I, I, like I said, I, I have asked a, uh, a preacher uh, to come in and just help us to have a special day, just let somebody else come in and preach and, and uh, let you guys hear a different voice. It's somebody I've wanted to have in for decades. I mean, it tells you how long I've known this individual, and, uh, and so I, I just uh, don't have a firm date yet, so I don't want to announce it until I get a firm date, but I think it's It's somebody you're going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy. And so uh, be in prayer about that, hoping to have him about the middle of November. And so anyhow, um, uh, we're going to receive our evening offerings at this time. For men will come to receive those. And uh, Wade, would you ask the Lord's blessing, please? the Father, Lord, we thank you. for Beautiful fall weather we had today, Lord. Just opportunity to come to your house, Lord, and hear your word, Lord. Just be with Pastor Knight as he preaches your word, Lord. Pray for Israel, the yes. Lord, the crowds that they are facing. Yes, Lord, Lord, I want to pray for our leadership in America, Lord. Just give them the strength they need to do what uh, the right like they need thing, to do for Israel. Yes. We just pray for all those who are sick and traveling, Lord.
1: We just love you, for our hearts. In your name Amen.
0: 432 now, 432. i 70. Let's do 470. A song like that, amen. Now, brother Brandon, he's um, just because you noticed. <laughs> I'm, I'm a laughing up here, I'm trying to keep from laughing. We had a mini moment there. I we went to hit that high note at the end there, and I missed on the second verse, didn't I? But I cut her off short. See, I went to music school one year, and they said, If you're not going to hit the notes, don't sing out. <laughs> I was like, ah! Oops, Stop it right there. <laughs> Having said that, um, I do want to work with some of the young folks tonight. And so young people, is, you, teens and juniors, is that, is that a good name? Teens, teens and juniors. If you wouldn't mind staying, uh, we're going to work up a song or two uh, just real quick um, uh, for just future use. And, um, uh, and then also, just by the way, Christmas is coming. You know how I know that's true? I saw my first Christmas commercial today. Isn't that crazy, watching, watching uh, this morning and, and they had the first Christmas commercial and I thought October 15th, oh boy, anyhow you aren't all excited about it like I am, apparently I'm not excited about it, <laughs> would you go to Ezekiel chapter 36 please, Ezekiel chapter 36, <laughs> they really have taken the specialness out of Christmas, have they not, and uh, it's just really tragic, it's uh, become more about shopping than it has been about Christ Anyhow, Ezekiel chapter 36, I'm not going to read all of it, but I've had a number of people questioning about what's going on in the Middle East, and I will promise you right now I am not an expert. I will tell you what I see, and uh, we'll try to take and and understand. But let me say this as I preface this message. The Bible does say to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and uh, please forgive me, but the the follow-up to that is that he will bless all those who do so. And he's talking about nations there. He's talking about nations who are good to Israel. God will be good to them in return. Now, I don't, I don't think we ought to use God as a, you know, ATM where we just pull out our blessings. Hey, I'll pray so I can get a blessing. I think it's the principle that should, should apply. Now, having said that, if our nation is going to be faithful to their nation, can I say that we need to pray for our leaders too. And so could we please be in prayer for our leaders to have enough sense not to abandon Israel? And uh, please do pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Do they deserve it? No? How many of y'all deserve to go to heaven? Anybody? And so here's the deal. Uh, we pray for them. We pray for them because they're God's chosen people. We have not replaced them. That's another, that's another message for another day. But uh, they are God's chosen people, and God is fulfilling his word to them even now. Okay? Okay? Um, and so if you will, I just want to, uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, 37, 38, and 39 are prophecies. And to be quite honest with you, other than maybe e- Ezekiel chapter 22 and a couple quotes in chapter 3 and 33, Ezekiel doesn't ever get preached on, okay? Why? For one thing, it's a very difficult book. Okay? It's a very difficult book. It applies mostly to Israel and, and different things like that. But these chapters here are quite familiar to most, anybody who's been a Christian for a long time. Most people know about 37 and 38 because of the Battle of Gog and Magog, and people like to speculate, is that Armageddon, is it not? And uh, there might be a a night for that, a, a night for that message tonight. But I really want to talk about Ezekiel in the end times. And some people would tell you that we're not living in the end times, and yet, if you will, the Apostle Paul believed he was living in the end times. And so, if you will, end times is a relative term. I know this. We believe in a doctrine that I think is very important, okay? How many of you all understand the difference between the word eminent and imminent? You guys know the difference? I just did, a, I did that on purpose, okay? Because, to be quite honest, if you know the difference, it's a significant difference. But most people use the words interchangeably because they don't understand. Eminent means great and, 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 and uh, uh, of... Uh, Uh, Eminent, you know, like a president or somebody who's rich or somebody who's powerful, somebody who wears. You guys understand that? So that's eminent. Eminent means near or close, okay? And so the return of Jesus Christ is always imminent, meaning this, we don't know if he's coming today, but we do believe he could come today. You all understand that? And so if you will, uh, well, this needs to be fulfilled and that needs to be fulfilled. Uh, Better be careful. You probably don't have as much expertise in. uh, eschatology as you might think you do. Amen. But I will tell you this, the main player in all of eschatology is Israel. All all eschatology, eschatology means the science or the study of last days, okay? And so that's what we're going to be doing tonight. We're going to be doing a little bit of eschatology, or if you will, looking at Ezekiel in the end times. Now, you guys have seen, how many of y'all have seen a map of Israel here lately? Have you seen it? And there's a couple significant places on here. There is what is called the Sinai. That's the very bottom. Okay? That's what used to be part of Egypt. And uh, they won that in 1967, I believe. Okay, And then um, you have heard of the Gaza Strip. Okay? And we'll talk about that here in a second. But the Gaza Strip, if you want to know what that is, you need to associate that with the Philistines. Okay? The Philistines did not belong in Israel. They had, they had come in. They had uh, infiltrated, if you will. And uh, and ultimately, they were run out. But by the way, that's where you get the name of Palestine for Israel. A lot of times, people call uh, it Palestine instead of Israel. Now, help me now. Who wants to call it Palestine? Muslims want to call it Palestine. And by the way, world leaders want to call it Palestine too. Why? Because what they're trying to say is Israel doesn't belong in there. Okay? Well, let me let you in a little secret. We'll look at it at the very first point we're going to look at. That's Israel's land. It was given to them by God to Abraham, okay? Unless somebody else say, well, we're children of Abraham too. Yes, you are, but you are not children of the promise. Because the promise went through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, okay? And it did not go from Abraham, Isaac, to Ishmael, okay? You all understand? Am I getting that right? Excuse me, Abraham, Ishmael, okay? It, the promise did not go that way. What they were promised was to be, if you will, against every man, uh, amen, and, and, and I won't go there just for sake of time, but in, in the book of Genesis, whenever Ishmael was born, he said he's, he's going to be a wild man, he's going to be against every man, uh, he's going to talk about warfare, and by the way, does that describe, if you will, Muslims and Arabs and stuff like that? And the answer to that question is absolutely it does, okay. Today, to be quite honest with you, I associate it mostly with Muslims, okay, and there will be a reason for that even as you read these chapters, 36, 37, 38, and 39, because if you're familiar with geography, and you have to be, you have to be familiar with geography to understand what he's talking about in these chapters, okay? And so it's important, uh, again, and this is going to be kind of more of a teaching class here tonight, but where do you study geography? What kind of a book do you study geography in? Say it again. History book, yeah. you got to read a lot of history books. Anybody know the tool you're supposed to use to study geography? An atlas, okay? And to be quite honest with you, if you're concerned about things of the Bible, you should be using a Bible atlas, okay? And an atlas, if you will, is essentially just a collection of maps. And usually the collection of maps has history that talks about why this map at this time is important. The map is always changing, is it not? And so, if you will, you need to see different maps at different times. And so if you wanted to study this... I have like six or seven atlases back there, and I'll read a little bit here and there. None of them are complete. None of them are sufficient. Every one of them leads you hanging when you really want to know they're they're concerned about something else when you're concerned about the one thing. And I'll be honest with you, atlases are a little bit frustrating. But again, if you will come back now, you have Israel and you have the Gaza Strip. That's very much in the news. True? What are they asking them to do right now? They're, they're asking the Palestinians to leave. And the reason is, folks, is they've got tunnels all through that thing. It's got explosives all through that thing. People are going to die clearing it. Y'all understand that? And the atrocities that have taken place in Israel are so bad that they don't want you to see them on TV. Now, some brave news places have shown it. And to be honest with you, I think you need to show it. I, I think it's terrible to see it, but you need to know that Israel's not the bad guy here. Israel's the victim here. They're the one that had these atrocities uh, done to them. And it's important for us to know that. Why? Because, listen, if they can try to cover up the Holocaust, they're going to try to cover this up. Okay? Now, having said that, God predicted all this from the beginning. And so Israel ought to be looking at it and go, God's working. God's working. Now, we'll do that. I wish that Israel would. Okay? But then the other place is the Golan Heights. Okay? So if you have Israel here, Gaza Strip's here, and Golan Heights, if you have, you have the Sea of Galilee, the Golan Heights is north and east, excuse me, the south side of the Sea of Galilee and east, okay, kind of a northeast. Uh, as I've done my studies, um, that used to be known as the land of, of Bashan, okay, if you ever read that, there's prophecies concerning the land of Bashan, if you want to look at that. It's also in the same area as the land of Dan, okay. You remember when God took and he gave the inheritance and he, he put them all here? Well, originally, he put Dan right here. The only problem is Dan's right here now, or at least was when they finally were a nation. What they had done is they said, our, our inheritance is too small for us, and they actually left the promised land and by war took this land, okay? And so another name you might be familiar with this place is the c- cities of Decapolis. If you're not familiar with that term, Decapolis means literally 10 cities, okay? And they were 10 Gentile cities. They were not Jewish cities. You remember one of the cities of Decapolis was uh, the city of uh, the Maniac of Gadara, okay? The Maniac of Gadara, remember that when he cast legion into the swine and they ran into the water, and here's a man who was completely demon-possessed one day, and the next day, the Bible says he was seated, sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. And the inhabitants of the land said, you've got to leave. That was their response to Jesus Christ. That was the response to the Messiah. Folks, these were Gentiles, okay? Okay. And so in very many ways, that's kind of the geography and the history of this land, okay? The land of the Philistines and the land of the Gentiles. It's, it's kind of Gentile part of Israel, okay? And so there's still historic parts of that land. So if you will, the first thing we want to notice is the enemy's profession. And so in, Genesis, in, in Ezekiel chapter 36, look at verse 1. The Bible says this, it says, Also thou son of man prophesy unto the mountains of Israel, and say, Ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord God, because the enemy has said against you, Aha! Even the ancient high places are ours in possession. Folks, literally that is a fulfillment of what I just taught you. Okay? They're literally saying, Hey, the Gaza Strip, that's Palestine. That's that belongs to the Philistines. That's ours, okay? And that's why they're trying, to, they're trying to make a claim on the ancient land, all right? Also in the Golan Heights, like I told you, uh, the, the Gentiles took and they're saying, that, that belongs to us, and so they're going to try to take, and they're going to try to keep that. Well, we need to think about this. They can make a claim on that land all that they want to, but if you will, the Philistines invited themselves in. And they were ultimately put out, Amen. And, if you will, the Romans that had the city of the capitalist, were, they were Roman cities, okay? Roman cities, okay? Well, listen, that's, that's not, that's supposed to be Israel. And how do I know that? Well, would you go to Genesis chapter 15, please? Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15, look at verse 18. And God has just made a covenant with Abraham. And again, remember the covenants descended through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who became Israel, okay? Not Abraham and Ishmael and, and, and falling, okay? And so that's important to remember. But in verse 18, the Bible says this. It says, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, unto thy seed have I given this land. Whose seed is it? Abraham's, Okay. He says, from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. And he, then he talks about dividing it up there. But the whole point is a sense, essentially from the Nile River up to the Euphrates River, all that triangle from where Abraham came from, all of that is going to belong to Israel someday. Y'all believe that? Why? Because God promised it. And they can make every claim they want to. And that's the problem. This is a contention between brothers. Y'all understand that? The warfare that is taking place is Isaac and Ishmael. Isaac and Ishmael. And they've been fighting, and God said they would fight. This one's going to be against every man. He's not just going to fight Israel. He's going to fight everybody. I was reading some quotes this week. And uh, how many of y'all know what Hamas is? Okay, you're seeing these things in the news. Is it important for us to know what Hamas is? Folks, Hamas is a... Terrorist group. We would call them terrorists because of their tactics. Okay, and they are a terrorist group funded in Israel by Iran. Okay, and so uh, this really ultimately is going to be a a war between Iran and uh, Israel. Okay, but you know what the people of Hamas said? They said, "This is not between us and Israel." This is a quote from Hamas. They said, "This is this is a war against all of mankind." And we are going to destroy the Jews and all the Christians. Now, folks, maybe this isn't just a war taking place over there now, is it? Because they're the ones that said this is a war not just with Israel, but it's a war with anybody who's not a Muslim. Folks, get a hold of this. They are willing to take and conquer the world. Now, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but, folks, you know all these people coming across this border they're not all from South America, folks. Matter of fact, when the war started, they had arrested two Hamas, two Hamas militants, okay? Is this, has it come to America? And folks, you've got to realize that they have these cells that aren't known to people that whenever they give the word or whatever, they're going to take and they're going to rise up and they're going to do whatever kind of carnage that they can do just like they did in Israel. Now, please forgive me. I'm not trying to upset you. The folks, anybody that executes a baby is a wicked person. It's a wicked person, okay? And, and I'm just going to say that and say, listen, they've done other atrocities. And, and so the whole point is this. The reason they're saying that is this belongs to us. And God, in a sense, is saying, no, it's not. I've made a promise to Israel, and they're going to get all of it. What, it, what are the Muslims trying to do? Is what they've claimed. You guys know this. They have promised to drive Israel into the sea. That's their term. And so why? They're saying this land belongs to us. We're going to drive them into the sea. And when they first started allowing people to come back into Israel, it was known as the land of Palestine. It didn't become known as Israel until 1948 when they actually became a nation. Everybody understand that? And so, if you will, this is just an unfinished war. It's an unfinished war. And they can make all the claims that they want to in verses 1 and 2. But uh, we know better. We know that that land was promised, if you will, to Israel, God's people. Now, if you will, go to verse 3, okay? Ezekiel chapter 36, and verse 3, the Bible says, Therefore prophesy, and they say, Thus saith the Lord God, because they have made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side, that you might be a, a possession unto the residue of the heathen, and you are taken up in the, in the lips of talkers and an in infamy of the people. By the way, we're going to be reading past some stuff. If you want to understand it, you're going to have to go back and get a dictionary out. Okay? But basically what they're saying is this. Is we took it from you and we want to keep it. We took it from you and we want to keep it. All right? But here's what God promises. This is what they said. Verse 4 it says, Therefore, ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to the mountains and to the hills and to the rivers and to the valleys and to the desolate wastes and to the cities that are forsaken, which became a prey and a derision to the residue of the heathen that are round about. He says, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen and against all Idumea. Folks, that's Edom, the Edomites. And by the way, the Edomites were totally destroyed as a people because of other books in this prophecy. It says, which have appointed my land into, excuse me, have appointed my land into their possession with the joy of all their heart. Meaning they're just so glad that they're, they're possessing, if you will, God's land. You see that? He says, with despiteful minds to cast it out for a prey. We're going to keep making them a victim. Prophesy, therefore, concerning the land of Israel, and say unto the mountains, and to the hills, and to the rivers, and to the valleys, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I have spoken in my jealousy and in my fury, because ye have borne the shame of the heathen. Can I just say this? God's tired of seeing how his people are being treated. In a minute, uh, if I get there, if I I, I wrote it down, but I'll, I'll try to make sure I remember it. God uses nations to punish his children, to discipline his children, but woe unto them later, because he's going to make them pay for it. He's going to make them pay for it. Okay? Well, keep going. The Bible says, uh, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I have lifted up mine hand. Surely the heathen that are about you, they shall bear their shame. I got to ask you a question Is killing babies shameful? Is blowing up innocent citizens shameful? Is strapping bombs to your children and walking them into a crowd shameful? Come on now, amen? And he says this you're going to bear your shame. You're going to bear your shame. Folks, I, we read it as newspaper headlines. God says this was going to happen. And if we had eyes to see it, we could see what's going on in this chapter. There's just no doubt. Okay? And so, if you will, the Lord's promise to Israel's enemies is I'm going to get you. You're not going to win. You're going to lose. You're going to be destroyed. You're going to be disappointed. And notice what he said again. They're going to bear their what? Your shame. Remember how I talked about last week about confusion? Remember how Satan himself ends up in confusion? Hey, I'm going to win. I'm going to blow everything up. I'm going to drive them into the sea. No, you're not. All you're going to do is bear your shame for what wicked people you are. Amen. And You know, we live in a world where we're almost afraid to call wickedness wickedness. That's wickedness. They're wicked people. Amen. We ought not be afraid to call things out there. Now, listen, we need to be polite and we need to be gentle. Some people don't understand. They've been mistaught. Amen. Have patience. But my whole, my whole thing is we shouldn't be afraid to call wickedness wicked. God does. And so God makes a promise. He says, you're going to bear your shame for what you've done to my children Israel. The third thing that we see, we see the first one is the enemy's profet- uh, profession. I'm going to keep the land. And God says, no, you're not. You're going to be punished for what you've done to my people. And then the third thing that we see is God's promise to Israel. Look at verse 8. In verse 8, the Bible says this. It says, But ye, O mountains of Israel, ye shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people of Israel, for they are at hand to come. Do you see the metaphor? How many of y'all, when you plant a tree, you want it to bear fruit? Amen. And he's talking about that, how they've been planted in the land, all right? It talks more about it in the next chapter, and we may or may not get there just because of time. But the whole point is this. As he says, I'm going to plant you in there. Now, when did Israel get into Israel? When did they become a nation? 1948. Somebody help me with the date, if you remember, it's like May 15th. Does that sound about right? I think it's about May 15th, 1948, if I'm not wrong. And then they were immediately attacked, okay? Matter of fact, most people thought they wouldn't survive the barrage. Why? They're just a new country, no army, no anything like that. But can I tell you this? When God makes a promise, God makes a way. That ought to help us. That ought to help us to realize that. And so when God says, when I put you back in the land, you're going to bear roots and you're going to bear fruit. And, and he talks about putting off new branches and you're going to grow. And, and they get that. They survived those initial attacks in 1948. They were also attacked in 1967. Okay. It was called the um, Seven, Day, Seven Day War. Okay. Seven Day War. And that is uh, when uh, Egypt and them came up through the Sinai and tried to take it, and literally their tracks fell off of their tanks, okay? you say, well, they had bad tanks. No, they were just going against God's will, <laughs> amen? And they ended up losing that war when they shouldn't have won the war, uh, lost the war. And then in 1973, the Yom Kippur War, I've had fun kind of talking with uh, Brother Luce. It's okay if I mention it? But he was actually in the uh, Mediterranean he was actually in the Mediterranean supporting Israel in 1973 during that Yom Kippur War. And again, once again, they thought that they were going to win, and uh, they didn't. You want to know the sad shame of all that? Is Israel was given a portion of land that was kind of small, like this. And when they took the Sinai, they kept the Sinai, but they could have kept far more. Okay? Okay. But in 1967 and 1973, they also took Gaza, and they also took the Golan Heights, and because of world pressure, they had to give it back. Now, can you imagine if we won a war and somebody told us to give it back? I don't know about you. I'd say my blood paid for that. You're not getting that back. And by the way, that's what they should have done, but they had to accede to world pressure, okay? And many of you all know this, but before they go into Gaza, and they have to go into Gaza, They have to go into Gaza. Why? Folks, they have tunnels and munitions, okay? They have weapons of war that have to be destroyed or they're going to be used on them. They have to go in. There's no choice. And the world's going to do all they can to make it sound like the, the Palestinians are victims. The people of Gaza are victims. Oh, look what Israel's doing! Uh, all Israel is doing is protecting themselves. That's all Israel's doing. And to be honest with you, if you know anything about munitions, quite often the only way to destroy munitions is to blow them up. Okay? They can't pull all the munitions. Why? They're booby-trapped. It would be unsafe for them to do it. And they're literally going to find caches of weapons that they have to take and say, is everybody out of there? Here we go. Three, two, one. And then they're going to take and show all the carnage. Okay?
1: Look what Israel did to these poor...
0: They give them warning after warning after warning to get out. And they said, we are going to come in there. Why can't the Palestinians leave? They may know? Say it again. They won't let them leave. The Muslims literally will not let them leave. I don't know if you guys know this, but most of those people are actually paid to live there. They don't have means of support, so they're literally paid by Iran and Egypt, the extremes in Egypt, and, and who knows where else, okay? And they're literally paid to live there. I don't know, you guys see suicide bombers? They actually get rewards for your child was a suicide bomber, okay? They're not allowed to leave. Why? Because Iran once. what's the word I'm looking for? A foothold? You guys with me? Is that a good word? They want a foothold in Israel so that they, all they got to do is take ships and load the stuff, take ships and load the stuff. And isn't that interesting? That's exactly what they were doing. And, folks, you, maybe you have or you haven't seen it, but I promise you there's going to come a point in all this. Right now, we seem to be pro-Israel, but as soon as they start defending themselves for real, the world is going to take and throw up their hands and say, oh, look what the Israelites are doing. All the Israelites are doing is what any other sovereign nation would do. They're protecting themselves. And by the way, that is the job of government, is to protect their citizens. That's their job, okay? See, the Lord promised that He's going to protect Israel. and you, he's, he's going to take and He's going to put them back in the land. He's going to take and He's going to heal the land. For sake of time, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. As a matter of fact, if you want to see it, go to chapter 37 because it kind of explains the next few verses here. Chapter 37 does. And the Bible says in verse 1, it says, And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me out in the midst of the valley that was full of bones. Okay? Human bones. And the Bible says, And he caused me to pass by them round about. Behold, there were very many in the open valley, and, and they were very dry. Can you all pick up on this? They've been dead for a long time. Folks, Israel was dead as a nation for, well, 70 minus 1940. So for 1,870 years, okay, they were not a nation, all right? And so if you will, you could say, well, they're not a nation. They're they're very dead. They're very dry. Nobody lives here anymore. How can this be a nation again? And God says, watch this, okay? It's a valley full of dry bones. The Bible says in verse 3, and he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Remember what kind of questions I asked that I said God asks? Rhetorical questions. He already knows the answer. See, the answer is yes. <laughs> y'all, y'all understand? And so he says this He says, And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. By the way, that's the right answer. <laughs> okay. And the Bible says this, and he said unto me, Uh, Excuse me, it says, and again he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. And folks, the Bible talks about, if you will, the bones coming together, sinews and muscles coming, flesh coming upon them. And if you will, eventually the Bible says he breathes his spirit into them and he's given them a living heart, a living, uh, they're, they're alive again. Amen. And and so, if you will, can they live again? Yeah. And when did we see it? 1948, 1967, 1973. And you know what? We might be able to add 2023. It's been 50 years. Think about that. I wonder if that's one of their motivations. It's been 50 years. I wonder. You think about that, and you say, can, can they survive as a nation if Iran wants to drive them in the sea? By the way, I don't know if you all know this, but Iran is a nuclear power. You say well, all they got to do is light a, a bomb. They only have to light a bomb. They just got to light a dirty bomb. And you say, I said, well, see, they could be driven out. No, they can't. You know how I know that? Because God said it wasn't going to happen. So who's going to win this war? I don't know how the details are going to go, but I'll tell you this: at the end of the day, Israel's going to win this war. Why? Because God said. Folks, do we believe the word of God or not? It's absolutely true. We know that they're going to survive as a nation. Now, that's not to say that they're not going to take a black eye here and there. It's not to say that they're not going to have to fight a couple fights. But God has said they are going to become a living entity again. Why? Because I am going to make them ahead of all nations. I'm going to have David, my son, set on their throne. The Bible says forever. If we get there, like I said, I'm only trying to preach four chapters tonight in Ezekiel. (laughs) Amen. And so, if you will, we see the Lord's promise to Israel back in chapter 36, verses uh, 8 through 15. Uh, I want you to see the Lord's reminder to Israel now. Look at uh, verse 16. In verse 16, the Bible says this, It says, Moreover, the uh, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Uh, Their way was before me as an uncleanness of a removed woman. Wherefore, I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land and for the idols wherewith they had polluted it. Now, let me say this. There is still, and I encourage you to read this for yourself. There's no way I can just cover it all, okay? But why were they removed from the land in the first place? Well, folks, they had started following idols. They had given themselves over to child sacrifice. They had taken and turned their back upon God. They had done wickedly. Come on now, amen. And so if you will, God had to take and, and remove them. And then he gave the prophecy to Daniel. He says, here's how I'm going to bring them back. All right. Now, he did bring them back after the 70 years of Jeremiah, prophesied by Jeremiah. But, folks, then he did bring them back again in 1948, 1967, 1973 and I, I taught this um, a while back when I was teaching on Chronicles. But if you will, uh, they, returned in three, they returned in three phases, okay? And the first phase was Cyrus gave the command, okay? And then Ezra and the temple staff went back, okay? And then Nehemiah went and built the walls, and they finally had a secure city. Now, by the way, were they fully in the land after Nehemiah built the walls? No, man, there's still a lot of work to do. you understand that? But, if you will, it parallels exactly, and I believe this, I believe it parallels to the day, okay? I believe it parallels to the day they went back in three phases again when they came back into the land in 1948. Because they became a state in 1948, they take the Sinai in 1967, and then, like I said, they added the Golan Heights in 1973. And they got their full, if you will, extent of old Israel, okay? You all understand that? And so my whole point is this, is uh, when I say God fulfills his prophecies to the day, do you all believe me on that? I haven't preached it. I will preach it. If you want to study it for yourself and see it for yourself, do you realize it tells us what day God opened the door of the ark? And folks, if you'll study it, I think you'll find out that that was the same day that Jesus came forth from the grave. The same day, calendar day. Y'all understand? Y'all with me? Folks, there are no mistakes in your Bible. And God, when he tells us something is going to happen, if he can take and do it to the day, centuries removed, how many of y'all, when he says he knows the end from the beginning, you're convinced now? He knows the end from the beginning. When he says this is going to happen, Israel, it is going to happen exactly like he says he, he said, "This you need to remember, Israel. This is why you were cast out. My whole point of, in saying all that is this. Would to God that Israel would wake up spiritually right now. Because they need to look and they need to see, hey, our God's working. and He's working according to his scriptures. He is fulfilling exactly like he said. And it might be a good time for them to repent as a nation and turn to their Savior. How many of you all know they're not going to do that? They're not going to do that. Why? Because they don't do that until the tribulation. By the way, we're going to be gone. Amen? Is God working with Israel right now? Please take this the right way. Then is God's return imminent? Yeah. Folks, God could come back today and say, well, there's other things that need to be fulfilled. Well, maybe or maybe not. I, I, I consider myself a fair Bible scholar, but I'll tell you this, I can't know that. How about you? How about, I know this, Paul thought the Lord was coming. Amen. Jesus said, no man knows. Amen. I think Jesus knows now. Okay. But I I will tell you this, we need to live as if Jesus could come today. And by the way, Jesus can come today. Okay. So maybe Israel's not the only one that needs to shape up. Maybe Christians need to take note. We were talking about it today just a little bit. Folks, some of the nonsense that's going on in churches today has to make God's stomach turn. To look at that, and he says, they're doing that in my name. That is just... Come on now, amen. And yet Christians are just going to keep going on their merry way. I pray that we're not in that group of Christians. I pray that we're in the group that is knowing, hey, God's working He's fulfilling scripture. He is, if he's about his business, we better be about his business too. Meaning what? Well, I I think this. I think we ought to be working on our personal relationship. How about you? Amen. We ought to be working on our witness. Don't you think so? Amen. You say, well, it's getting harder and harder to witness to people. Yeah, can I say it this way, though? A a little light shines a lot brighter in the darkness. Amen. Amen. And would to God that we have a little light. Amen. I know I get treated differently. I get treated differently when I go in a crowd. Even today, people acknowledge. Did I tell you this already? I, I was trying to, I was going to buy some water. We were out of water up there in South Dakota. And I was in a convenience store. And some people who had clearly been imbibing in something came into the store. And I mean, there's they're slurred talk and everything like that, but I had my tie on. Apparently, a tie is a symbol of a preacher. <laughs> because uh, they were misbehaving just a little bit, and one of them looked at me and he goes, what are you? And I said, well, I'm a preacher. He goes, oh, I thought you were a cop. <laughs> 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 okay, I think I told you this already. He goes, I thought you were a cop. And then there was a girl that was misbehaving pretty good, and he yelled at her. He goes, hey, knock it off. There's a preacher in here. Folks, even people who are desperately lost in sin can see a light. They don't cuss around him. Why? He's he's a Christian. You guys ever heard that? Praise the Lord. I hope you have. Amen. Amen. And my whole point is this, is we know, we know the time is short, we know it is dark, and rather than throwing up our hands and giving up, maybe we could just be encouraged a little bit to say, you know what, now's the time to make the difference. Why? Because I'm running out of time. Anybody here ever cram for a test? We need to have that sense of urgency about ourselves. Hey, the test is coming. I need to be ready. I'm going to get in my last bit before he comes. The return of Jesus Christ is imminent. Then last of all, let me just hit this. We see in Ezekiel in chapter 36 here, we see the enemy's profession. We're going to take that land. We see the Lord's promise to Israel's enemies, no, I'm going to destroy you. We see the Lord's promise to Israel, I am going to put you back in the land, like I said. We see, if you will, the Lord's reminder to Israel, stop misbehaving, because that's how you got booted in the first place, okay? And then we see, last of all, we see the Lord's route for Israel's return. And we see he, he gives it, he, he talks about it here in uh, chapter, uh, verse 22 through 24. He talks about being regathered, okay? Now, all of that took a place, if, if you want to know your history, all of that kind of took place with what is called the Zionist movement. It happened um, after 1860, really after 1890s, the 1890s. Uh, I could give you the names of places, but go look it up for yourself. Um, where people started saying, hey, we need a homeland. And the reason for that is, is because the anti-Semitism in Europe, they knew the Holocaust was coming. They knew the Holocaust was coming from the 1890s and beyond, okay? And so World War I happened, and they're like, we better do something about this. And then World War II happened, and they finally had the sympathy of the world, and that's how that they were able to get in. But what they were doing with the Zionist movement was, they were saying, we're going to raise money, and you move back to the promised land. Uh, Russia, you move back to promised land. Africa, you move back to the promised land. Americans, move back to the promised land. Come on now, amen. And that's exactly what they were doing. Verses 20 through 24 talks about God gathering Israel back. And he did that. He slowly but surely started gathering them back. Someday he's going to redeem them, okay? And he's still in the process of gathering back. By the way, how many of you all saw this? Anybody with, uh, you guys know this, in the military, excuse me, in Israel, Military service is compulsory. Do anybody know what that means? That means you join the military. And you know who joins the military? Everybody. Girls and guys. And they train you and they prepare you, if you will. And then after your two years of compulsory service, you can take and go do whatever. But I don't know how many of y'all have seen this. They're recalling their soldiers. They're recalling their soldiers from around the world. I just can't believe that. Well, wait a minute. God said that's exactly what's going to happen. (laughs) Folks, the news doesn't surprise me if you just believe the Bible. Amen? And so he's regathering. He's still in the process of regathering them. And one day he's going to redeem them. Look at verse 25. The Bible says in verse 25, it says, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Will I cleanse you? A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And, folks, he's going to do that someday, but he's going to have to put them through a tribulation first. Amen. But someday he's going to clean them. I, I might be running out of time. But he talks about David coming back. And uh, do I have it written down? Give me a second here. I want to give this to you. Um, is it 24 and 25? Did I already read that? No, no, no. Oh. Please forgive me. I lost it. But let me just tell you this. You can read it for yourself. The Bible says that he is going to resurrect all of Israel, and put them back in the land. Folks, the only time he can do that is during the millennium. But he's going to resurrect all of Israel from all time. And they're going to be in their promised land. And the Bible says, with King David ruling over them, who will rule them forever. I don't know what that means. I assume that's Jesus, okay, the son of David. Okay, but it might be David. I don't know. It just says David. The Bible says David, okay. And so my whole point is this, they're going to be regathered, they're going to be redeemed, they're going to be re-inspired. Look what the Bible says in verse 27, He says, And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall uh, keep my judgments and do them. How long? Forever. Because when they're, they're new, they're born again, they have everlasting life just like us. Amen? And then they're going to have a new relationship. And, and like I said, I'm out of time. But verses 28 through 38, read that section there, it talks about the, the, the different aspects of the new relationship that they're going to have with their God. Folks, we're living in exciting times, okay? But can I tell you this? You know the wonderful thing about being a Bible believer? We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. And we can speak with confidence to these things. Now, let me encourage you. Don't get into political arguments, okay? But maybe get into opportunities to take and say, you know what, that's exactly like the Bible said was going to happen. Now, don't go overboard. I mean, don't say, hey, this happened, this is this verse. I mean, be very careful about that, okay? But we are certainly living in days of Bible fulfillment. Y'all believe that? And we've seen it right there in that portion of Scripture, amen? We are living in days where God is fulfilling His promises to the nation of Israel. And it's difficult, and it's painful But what is our responsibility? Well, folks, our responsibility is to pray. And I've already said this. We should pray for the peace of Jerusalem, okay? But we also need to pray for our leaders that we don't turn our back because God says he will bless those that bless his people, okay? And I don't know about you, but I kind of believe that the blessings that the United States of America has had, part of them is because of our stand behind the nation of Israel, Folks, I want you to know there was a time in international policy that Israel had one ally. One. That was the United States of America. And I'll tell you this, if it gets to the point where the United States of America turns their back on Israel, well, God will fulfill the rest of his promises too. Okay? He'll fulfill the rest of his promises. Would to God that we would not just be passive observers of what's going on in history that is going before us, but that we would actively take it apart, witness, pray, pray for our leaders, pray for Israel. I just, I think, I I don't know about you, I hate feeling helpless. And you're not helpless if you have a sense of purpose in these things. All right? Let's all stand if you would. We're going to sing number 318. I don't know how the Lord would move, but if... If you need to come and pray, you come and pray as we sing number 318.